0: Thank you. All right. Um, Usually I get some sort of grunt in Partington when I say that, but um, it's nice to be here. Uh, I'm from lower limb. Some people like to think of it, so it's nice to be here in real limb or uh, in, in upper Partington, as I like to think of it, so... Um, yeah, I'm. I'm at the People's Church. Uh, we've been there for uh, ten years now. of celebrating that. God's been really good to us, and He is good. And we. Uh, I also work a couple of days a week for the Northwestern Baptist Association, helping churches that are applying for home mission. A bit of publicity, event stuff like that. Um, I need to be honest. My youngest kid thought it would be a great idea to get up at half twelve this morning um, and to stay awake till about two-ish. So apologies if I sound a little groggy, but I am a bit. And I'm also uh, recovering from a holiday. I'm recovering. Do I have to do my own thing here? Oh right, okay, that's fine. Usually, usually after the grunt, people just try to follow me. But I'll, I'll try and multitask. Let's try and do that. So, I'm recovering from a holiday. I have just spent five days in, in this place. See, hey, there we go. I've just spent five days there, right? Uh, well, yeah, five nights, six days. We've had pure blue skies. We've had loads of sunshine. We've had loads of fun. We've had loads of steak. And um, it's really, really blessed to go there. Really blessed to go there with my parents, with my brother and his family, and, and with our kids. And we did a lot of walking, and uh, I think my calves sort of doubled in size during these five days that we were in France. Anyway, um, I was I was walking around Disneyland, and I noticed a few things. Firstly, everyone representing Disneyland was on it. They were really on it. Yeah. Nothing was too much trouble for them. We were welcomed by more people than you would want to be welcomed by, really. But everyone, everyone who works there walking past us was saying bonjour. Because we're in France. And, you know, like everybody's smiling and nothing was too much trouble for people. Yeah? Everyone who represents Disneyland was on it. As we're walking around the park, walking from the hotel to the park, everyone was excited. Everybody was excited. The kids are excited. The grown-ups are excited. The grandparents are excited. Just see these like lines of people just walking towards the gates. Everyone's full of anticipation about what the day is going to bring. And the other thing is that at the end... Nobody wants to leave. Nobody wants to leave. I mean, maybe some of the old people are ready to leave, but nobody really wants to leave. (laughs) Generally speaking, everybody wants the magic of Disney to just go on forever. Yeah? The rides, the meet and greets, the fireworks. You know, our three-year-old, when she saw a man dressed up as a dog, it was just amazing. She just like straight there, Everything was amazing, yeah? We had a few tears from our kids as we, uh, as we were getting ready to go home. Why, why do we have to go home? Why does this holiday have to end? Can't we just stay here longer? Kids crying because they don't want to leave. They've had an incredible time. We've had an incredible time, yeah? And it made me think about the church. It made me think about the church in general. Disneyland people pay ridiculous amounts of money to travel there essentially buy the time to be there and when people wake up they want to get there as soon as possible and at the end of the day nobody wants to leave everybody just wants it to keep going and it led, led me to this question would this be a picture of our churches Or maybe not so much our churches, but would this be a picture of how we view our churches? I know that Disneyland and church are two completely different things, yeah? I know it it might be like comparing apples and oranges, but just thinking in terms of how we approach church, how we view church, how we view our being part of church, is our approach to being part of church one where we're excited about being part of it, where we're anticipating what God might want to do? And actually where we don't want this experience to end. Some of us may already be looking at our watches and thinking, how long has this idiot got left? But um, Or you might be thinking about the football later today. You know, and the, and the City fans who want United to win in a bizarre twist. You might be thinking, oh, I've got this lunch that I'm looking forward to or whatever. Rather than how long can we just be the people of God together in the presence of God? And I know it's not all about services, is it? It's not all about services. But we, following Jesus, the people of Christ, we have received and carry something greater, so much greater than the magic of Disney. Yeah, we carry the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. We're the people of God's presence. And even when two or three of us are gathered He is here also. We're people of the Spirit of God. And and being in Disneyland challenged me. The majority of these people don't know that being part of the people of God is better than Disneyland. They don't know. I mean, Disneyland is great, but being in Christ is greater, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's up to the church to let people know how great it is To be in Christ, certainly for us in Partington, um, you know the church has grown a bit by the grace of God and we celebrate that, but at the same time there's about 7,000 people in our community who don't know Jesus, who aren't following Jesus and who are essentially lost and we've got something that changes their lives and their eternities. And the desperateness of just how lost the lost are, you know, is, is a challenge, isn't it? We've got the message of grace and eternal life and we carry that. Do the people around us know that? Why is there loads of expectation as people queue up for Disney, but perhaps less expectation when we gather as churches on Sundays or during the week? And could we as Christ followers, as the church, be even better than Disney at welcome, at greeting people, at reassuring people, at making sure people feel loved and valued and going the extra mile for each other, at making sure that people are desperate to be part of our community, yeah? I mean, it's really encouraging to hear about the, the prayers for, for Sam and Chloe and Jasper. I've got those names right. Jasper, Samson, Wolf, Clark, um but you know it's really encouraging to hear that and how you're being church in that moment but could we could we do that for the community that you're part of could you do that for the community that you're part of my my conclusion is that it's down to us i've got no idea what the next slide is but let's just press it oh yeah i'm not there yet it's down to us just to reassure you that we are going to get to the bible We're going to get to the Bible. It's down to us. It's down to us, the church, isn't it? I don't mean us, the minister, or the leaders. I mean us, the whole body. It's down to us to come with expectation and an openness as to what God might want to do as he meets with us this morning. It's down to us to prepare before we gather and to say, Lord, do you want to do anything in me? Do you want to do anything through me? today. It's down to us to give people such a welcome and such love that they just want to be part of it again and again and again. It's down to us to share the good news with our friends and our neighbours that they'd want to be part of it too. Because maybe, I mean maybe for you it's not, it's not Disney, maybe it's something else, but for, for us it might be Disney. Do we give the impression, or do we tell everyone that Disney was amazing, the best time ever, But that being in Christ is quite good. Is that what our lives suggest? It might not be Disney for you. It might be, I don't know, Lim Dam or something. But, (laughs) but, or, or you know, whatever you do socially, you know, this thing's amazing, and being in in Christ is quite good. It's down to us to be people of the Spirit of God who draw people into the presence of God so they can meet with the power of God and be changed by the love of God. It's up to us as the scattered church when we're not gathering here on a Sunday but the rest of our lives to go into all the world and to make disciples and to be the fragrance of Christ in our workplaces and in our streets and in the wine bars of Lim, and in our third spaces. It's down to us to be an irresistible community of faith to those who aren't part of it. And it leads me to Acts 2. Hey, Bible. Because the early church was growing day on day on day. They truly were an irresistible community. So, I'm going to read it, and then we're going to unpack it a little bit. Acts two forty two, They, that is the community of believers, devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Isn't that what we want to see in our communities? For daily the number of believers to be increasing. Because daily people are being saved. People are turning to faith in Jesus the early church was an irresistible community why what were the what was the things what were the hallmarks of this irresistible community of faith uh, there's four things that i want to suggest today at quite a pace four hallmarks of the early church that saw them uh, being an irresistible community of those uh, to those around them and saw god doing incredible things through them and in all these things, I've got two questions for us. The, the first is, how, how are we doing as a church at these things? When I say we, I mean you, but I'm being inclusive. And the second is, is, how am I doing at this personally? How are we doing at this together? How am I doing at this personally? Because sometimes the temptation can be to sit back and be a consumer or be only a consumer. And to say the church isn't doing this. Or the church isn't doing that. The church should be more this. Has anyone ever said that? Yeah? No? Um, <laughs> but we're we're the church, aren't we? We're the church. The church isn't them. The church isn't the leaders. The church includes all of us. So we all take responsibility. And maybe, you know, today we might God might want to challenge. Uh, some of us to, to not only be a consumer, but to be a contributor, to be a participator. If there's something here that you think, you know, that you're passionate about, that resonates with you and you think, yes, that's what I've been saying for years. You know, maybe, maybe God would just want to draw a bit of a challenge and say, well, get involved. Make, make a difference. You start with something in appropriate ways and under the care and love and wisdom of the people God has called to lead the church. But maybe God might want you to be part of the solution. So as I read Acts 2, I think, no wonder this was an irresistible community. Maybe if we can grow in these areas, we too can be an irresistible community. And it might be that some of what we look at today affirms what you're doing. And it affirms what you're about. And you think, yeah, we're on the right track. And God's doing some great stuff. And if that's the case, praise God. And if it isn't the case, praise God. First one. Don't know who he is. They took teaching seriously. They took teaching seriously. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's what we read. Now, I'm not, please don't mishear me. I'm not saying that you don't take teaching seriously. I'm just saying, let's look at them. They did take teaching seriously. Uh, not only that, but we see that in the verses before and in the chapters after, that they shared the message of Jesus with boldness, fearless in the face of opposition. They were devoted to teaching, receiving teaching, and they were devoted to teaching, proclaiming the message of Christ. They were people of the Word before they actually had the Word, weren't they? And actually, perhaps it's easier for us to be devoted to the Word now more than it ever has been. The Bible, certainly in our culture, has never been more accessible than it is today you can listen to it on an mp3 or on a cd or online you can download an app you can read it on your phone you can have 50 different translations of the bible on your phone for free you can have daily bible reading notes that you can pick up or that you can have uh, sent over to you emailed or messaged over to you every day you could go for the classic approach and open your Bible. The Bible has never been more accessible than it is today. Are we people who take the Word seriously? The early Church were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Would "devoted" describe your devotional life? You want to see what I did there? Um, has, the, has the Word become an optional extra? something that we get into if we have the time are we people of the word growing in our love for the word and are we willing to bring ourselves under the word you know it's easy to make god in our own image isn't it sometimes or to become post-biblical christians who say that we believe but we don't actually know what we believe we we know psalm 23 and we know that god is love and and there's there's nothing else there's no roots there's no depth there's no word living in us Are we willing to be shaped by the Word, even if the Word disagrees with my conduct? I mean, that's a swine, isn't it, sometimes when that happens? When you get to the Word and you go, I'm going to have to change then, because this is the Word of God. Why is it that we can spend 20 minutes a day easily on Facebook or other social media sites, in magazines, Netflix, whatever, but that we can struggle to be people of the word. Hebrews 4 says this, The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. We've got to have the word in us. We've got to be people of the word. The early church, they were devoted to the word and they preached Christ boldly. They preached Christ crucified for people's sin to put them right with God. That's still the gospel. And if we're in Christ and we've experienced that, then we're called to share that with those around us. Jesus didn't die to make us nice people who keep it to ourselves. Second one. Deep fellowship. Fellowship. The Greek word... Oh, I've spelled it wrong, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. I did that deliberately to keep myself humble. Um, so, um, because I'm about to amaze you with some Greek, right? The the Greek word is. I'm not gonna. It's not coming up there. Don't worry. The Greek word is feslowship, yeah. The Greek word is koinonia. Koinonia. Common unity, relationship with God and with each other, where we're one in Christ. One community of believers participating together. In society today, our emphasis may be on the individuals who make up uh, a community. But in Koinonia, the emphasis is on the community who are one. A really strong fellowship of believers. And we see this in three different ways in the passage, which actually makes this a seven-point preach in disguise. But I'm putting these other three things under this broad heading of fellowship, where we're one with Christ and we're one in Christ together. We're one with Christ, we're one with each other. So these three sub-points to the word fellowship All the believers were together and had everything in common. Right? There's a unity there, isn't there? There's a common unity there. We're together in every sense. In heart, in vision, in values, in purpose. I think actually the Baptist way, done well, is a brilliant way of finding the common ground and the unity of the people of God. Because it's not the boss saying, this is where we're going and if you don't like it, get off the train. It's all of us together saying... This is where we, as a body, believe Christ is calling us, and we believe this together for our church and our community that we're trying to reach, and that's just really powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Sub point two, really point four. There was a, they were a community of hospitality and love. They were a community of hospitality and love. They broke bread together in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They ate together. Fellowship, hospitality with others. Eating is a powerful thing, isn't it? Eating together is a powerful thing. Building friendship, relationship, support, encouragement. We've got to be known by people. We've got to be known by people. There are not many things better than being fully known and still being loved. I don't know how often you eat together as a church body. I imagine that could be quite a challenge because there's a lot of you. But you know, there's still ways to eat together, isn't there? To be hospitable to each other, to eat together, to laugh together, to play together. Uh, the, the church we were in in Salford before we were in Parkinson, the, the guy who led it said, we're not really church if we're not really friends. And that's always stuck with me. When was the last time you had people around to eat without, without an agenda? Without something you just wanted to like, check up on, make sure they're okay, discuss this thing? Doesn't have to be Master Chef, does it, to eat together? Hospitality. Third sub point, really point five in disguise. They were a generous community. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. I mean what would that look like today? What would that look like today? I need a new car. Um, <laughs> and I've come to limb. Yeah? We've we've become so individualized as a society, haven't we? That sometimes we justify our tightness. You know, well, they've got their money, we've got our money, and if they'd been wiser with their choices, they wouldn't have this need now. Could we be a community where needs are met? Where people aren't judged for needing help, but where they're blessed when they need help? What would happen? What could happen if we put... The needs of others ahead of our own desires. I don't know how much people give here. This isn't a giving preach in disguise. But the early church were generous. Not that it could be hoarded, but that it could be a blessing to all who had need. How are we doing at being generous? I heard someone preaching uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he was talking about how he'd gone to a conference and he was just out for dinner. Uh, after the conference and this guy, the waiter, he got into a conversation with a waiter and uh, the waiter said, oh, the Christians are in again. It's the time of year when the Christians come and they're here again. And this guy, I mean, the the waiter didn't know he was a Christian. But this guy said, how do do you know? How do you know the Christians are in? And he said, nobody buys a round for their friends. They all buy one drink for themselves we get more complaints and we get less tips. Do you want to be a Christian? And experience God's life-changing love? Well, if it does that to you, you know, what's the message that our lives uh, convey? What if we could be that community? What if you could be that community? That fellowship of grace and hospitality and generosity and common unity. I think we'd be an irresistible community to those around us if we were going maybe into our workplaces and going you've just got to be part of church because we're so loving and we're so generous and you'd be so welcome and you'll experience God third hallmark let's see if we've spelt this one the presence of the spirit definitely the third point The early church were people of the Spirit, signs and wonders evident in the community. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. I believe that the Spirit of God is for today. I believe that the Spirit of God is for today and is for the church today and that we're we're called to be people of the Word and the Spirit and that every believer can play their part in that. The Spirit of God is in every believer, isn't he? Present in every believer. I don't think there's anything in the Bible that leads me to believe that the Spirit of God has died out if the fruit of the Spirit is for the church today. The gifts of the Spirit are for the church today as well. We read in 1 Corinthians of all the crazy stuff going on in Corinth. They were a Spirit-filled people, weren't they? There's all sorts of pastoral chaos going on. And Paul's response is not, well let's just get rid of the Spirit, is let's bring, let's bring our lives under Christ again and bring some order to the chaos but not neglect the gifts of the Spirit. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, be filled with the Spirit, but in the Greek they have this ongoing tense. So it's not a one-off event, it's not like a, this happens at baptism and then that's it. Or you get baptised and then you have a second blessing and then that's it. Or whatever theologies might people have. It's an ongoing part of your life that you'd be ongoing, be filled with the Spirit as people, you know, making, making time to be filled, for God to work in us. Sort of one of those, in English we might have it like this, eat your greens, yeah? Eat your greens. It's a good philosophy for life, isn't it? Not just a one-off event, some of you aren't sure. <laughs> in Partington, eat your greens. You know, is a is a good piece of advice for life in general. Oh, it happened once. I've done it. Have a balanced diet. Have a happy marriage. It's not. A, it's not a one-off moment, Scott and Jazz. You know, it's, it's like a. It's an ongoing thing, isn't it? It's like, oh, there was this one day when I had a happy marriage. No, have a happy marriage. <laughs> Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Being a Spirit filled people is not about being modern. It's not about being contemporary. You know, you can sing songs from the year 2000 onwards and have no Spirit, can't you? Without the Spirit. You know, are we open to the Spirit personally? Are we open to being used by God with the gifts of the Spirit personally? Do we make space for that in our times as we gather? You know, in church or in small groups. And the other ways that you can gather as church. Because the gifts of the Spirit are given for the building up of the church. As we grow as Christ followers, the Spirit of God comes to dwell in us and fill us. We grow in the gifts and we grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, We read this in Galatians 5, uh, verse 16 onwards. Live by the Spirit did I put, let's see if we put this in. No, we didn't. Okay. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But If you are led by the Spirit, you're not subject to the law. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious, fornication impurity licentiousness idolatry sorcery enmities, strife jealousy anger quarrels dissensions factions envy drunkenness carousing and things like these i am warning you as i warned you before those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of god And by contrast the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness generosity faithfulness gentleness and self-control there's no law against such things And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let's be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. And so he goes on. The call to be people of the Spirit is twofold, isn't it? It's openness to being used by God for his glory in ways that only God can do. And it's openness to ongoing transformation on the inside so that we become more like christ greater witnesses for him showing the love of god to the world how's how's god been growing you personally don't all shout out but take it away and think about it How, how am i growing as a disciple in the last 12 months or so are we growing in love joy peace patience and the rest are you open to being used by god working by his spirit in and through you i meet some christians obviously none of them here and uh, honestly they seem less like jesus than they did 10 years ago they seem less like him i think how can that be we've got to be open to the spirit last one what could this be prayer and praise they were a community of praising god and praying to god we read in the acts passage they were devoted to prayer They met regularly. They met daily in the temple courts. And that when they gathered together, they praised God and enjoyed the favor of the people. Prayer and praise and regularly gathering together with the believers was part of the fuel that kept the early church going. You know, when one brings a psalm and one brings a hymn and one brings a prophetic word and one brings another word. I don't know what it's like for you here in but I know one of the challenges... uh, one of the things we're wrestling with is how can we help people grow uh, as disciples when work life family life, social life and other pressures mean that sometimes people can only make it to one gathering in three or one gathering in four and that life may be too busy for us to be part of a small group I know those aren't the only two ways to grow I know there's other ways you can grow yeah. but, but as we gather we grow we do It does us good. I read these passages about the early church, how they gathered regularly and they loved and they prayed and they worshipped and they shared life. And I look at church today and I think there's a disconnect between this irresistible community of grace that was growing day on day on day that people just wanted to be part of and the current community of faith. It doesn't have to be though, does there? There doesn't have to be this disconnect. It's up to us though. It's up to us. That's, that's what it always is, it's up to us. Whether we take the word and we go, yeah, I'm going to be changed by the word. Or whether we take the word and go, oh, that was interesting and just crack on like nothing happened. It's up to us whether we roll our sleeves up and press on and press into all that God has for us. And I'm not saying turn everything upside down overnight. You know where you're at better than I know where you're at. But I am saying that I'm challenged and that I, I guess I bring that challenge to us today. Could we grow in love for the word and boldness in sharing the word? Could we grow in our fellowship, in our unity, in our love, in our hospitality, in our generosity? Could we grow as people of the spirit? ministering in God's power and growing in Christ's likeness could we grow as communities of prayer and praise with our whole lives because I believe that God's not finished with the church know, the church is the bride of Christ God's chosen vessel for reaching the lost and we have a privileged position and an amazing calling could we be an irresistible community of God's grace Where people will come and be amazed by grace. They won't want to leave, but they'll be desperate to be part of it. That maybe, like those people on the way into Disneyland last Friday, people would be coming to our gatherings with expectation and anticipation, and they'd not really ever want it to end. I really believe that we're called to grow. Uh, as disciples and as churches, and it's up to us to step into it. Could you be an irresistible community to the people of Lim and the surrounding area? Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you uh, for everything that you're doing here. Lord, thank you for everything you're doing here already. Thank you for... Uh, testimonies this morning of the love of this fellowship uh, for little Jasper and his parents. God, I pray for us that we would grow as disciples. Lord, that we grow in every sense of being disciples. That we grow in our love for your word. That we grow in our unity and our deep fellowship. Lord, that we grow as people of your spirit. That we grow as people of prayer and praise. Lord come and fill us afresh with your spirit now. Lord equip us with your spirit for your calling. To reach these communities with your good news. Lord give us boldness to shine for you. And to declare your goodness to those who don't yet know it. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.